Hello, Melissa. Hello, Kyle. Ah, uh, we're back with we're another back. riveting episode of our podcast. Yeah, happy spring. I hope everybody spring. gets some time to enjoy um, their spring holidays yeah, and gets a break and gets to be outside and enjoy the flowers blooming and more pollen everywhere. And, and I wish no one sneezing and uh, <laughs> no spring allergies. It's a sneezy time of the year in my home. Not on my part, but. Everyone's sneezing right now, so, so you know, true. happy spring. We're happy. We're happy that that the temperatures are starting to warm up here in the Mid Atlantic, and it's a beautiful day today. That while we're recording, um, so you know, just good good things are on the horizon for us. Um, we are really excited to bring you this episode of the podcast as our get to know the 2023 chairman. Michael Seabrook. Um, I was really grateful. I when I was out on my spring break, <laughs> um, <laughs> Melissa was able to record this episode with our, you know, favorite co-host Catherine Lord um, and Mr. Seabrook. And I had the privilege of listening to it last week, and it was a great conversation. Um, but Melissa, do you want to share maybe one or two of your favorite takeaways from that talk? Sure, absolutely. I think you know, talking with Michael um, and having I've had the opportunity to talk with him a a couple of times and certainly on site at his club. Um, you know, Michael Seabrook, he's the general manager, COO of Bell Mead Country Club in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Beautiful club there. Um, and he's in the midst of a huge renovation project. So we were so glad he could take some time away to talk with us about um, his start in the industry. And I, I, I love people's origin stories. I love to hear how they got into this industry because everyone has a unique story yes. and his is especially so. And the other part that I really loved was, you know, when I got to meet Michael back in Nashville last fall, um, had the privilege to sit down and have lunch with him. And he asked the question to myself and also Tim Barrett with Atomic Studios, shout out to Tim, um, <laughs> our videography crew, you know, the question about what's the biggest mistake you've made in your career. And I think we, you know, we don't talk about those mistakes and, yep. and learning as much as we should. And so I, I love uh, what Michael shared with us. So have a listen. Awesome. Well, we are thrilled to have time this morning to talk with our 2023 chairman, Michael Seabrook, CCM, CCE, who we're talking to this morning from lovely Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Michael? I am doing great. The sun is shining and uh, it, it's a great day. So happy to be with you both, Melissa and uh, Catherine. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have Catherine here as our co-host today and a special Let's Talk Club Management birthday shout out to Catherine, who is celebrating her birthday tomorrow. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And it's my CMAA anniversary day today yes. as well, three years. So lots to celebrate. Absolutely. Wow. You guys should wow. see the festive, de festive decorations in her office. They're very awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's kick off our first question, Michael. So tell our listeners about your history. How did you get started in the club and hospitality business? Well, I'll start out by saying my, my first job in hospitality was at Shoney's Big Boy in Charlottesville, Virginia. And so I was I was a dishwasher there and they, the cooks used to call me meticulous Mike. 
And the reason why is because I would do the dishes so fast that the plates were still hot when I took them back to the to the line, and when they touched them, they burned their hands. Like <laughs> <laughs> very much, but I wanted to get it done. You know what I mean? So I was I was quick. So it was Shoney's Big Boy. I did that, and then I worked for uh, the Boar's Head Inn in Charlottesville, Virginia. Worked there in high school and in college, and I was a waiter there. It was a five-star resort, and I think it was there that I, I kind of learned, you know, that I had I had the bug for making people happy. Mm. That's awesome. So moving on from that, as far as clubs are concerned, um, after graduating college, I I worked for Marriott In Flight, uh, which was a uh, catering of the airlines. Worked for them for almost almost three years and realized that wasn't a career path for me. So I went to a headhunter, and the headhunter was somebody who had worked at the Borset Inn. This was always a small world. And he said, I have a perfect job for you. I said, what is it? And he said, well, it is a, an assistant man manager's position at Burning Tree Club in Bethesda, Maryland. I told him I knew nothing about clubs, but was happy to, you know, to move along in the process. Make a long story short, I interviewed. Um, thankfully, got the job. I figured I'd be there about two years or so and kind of see what else is out there. Again, I knew nothing about the club business. Um, my boss left about uh, a little over a year and recommended me for his job. So, make a long story short, at that point, all the tips were in. So that's how I that's how I first got involved in in clubs, and it's been. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since That's a pretty uh, extraordinary leap from dishwasher to, you know, running a club in a, in a fairly short amount of time. So there's probably an award for that somewhere, Michael. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a, uh, it's been a great journey and uh, I, I love the club business and, and just, just wonderful people. Um, so it's glad I've, glad I've, stay with it and just really enjoy the experience. That's great. So um, I we want to congratulate you, of course, on your new role as chairman. And uh, we loved celebrating you at the World Conference back in February. Um, and so now that we're here, we're getting into the swing of things. What are you looking forward to during your year as CMAA's chairman? Well, I think I mentioned this during my speech at, at conference, it, it's really about, about the people. It's about, for me, it's about the people and meeting people. I had the pleasure of attending the Midwest Regional Conference a couple of weeks ago in Minneapolis and saw my good friend uh, and past president Skip Avery, Avery, I haven't seen in a while. Um, and then I met some, met some new folks, um, make sure I get their names, uh, Chris Nayflick, who's from White Bear Yacht Club, and Patrick Markley, from North Oaks Golf Club. Uh, sat with those uh, gentlemen um, during one of the education sessions and got to know them a little bit. And it's amazing how small the club is because we had, all three of us had connections in one way or another to the club business and people. Uh, I think it was uh, Patrick Markley who knew our golf professional uh, through, through one of the conferences that he attended. So, and it was uh, Chris, I think, that uh, we crossed paths a couple of times during during our careers, but never know. So that that to me is kind of, kind of the kind of the, the fun stuff. I 
hope to be making uh, a couple more chapter trips along the way and meeting more people and seeing other old friends. But I'm also looking forward to the committee weekend and seeing all the folks who have volunteered to serve on the national committee, on the national committees and sitting in on the meetings. So I'm looking forward to that and just seeing what great ideas I know they're gonna come from all the brainstorming that we're gonna do. And I think the other thing is the uh, the LLC in, in September, that's a that's another um, another opportunity to see, learn, and meet 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 people. So there's a lot of other things, but off the top of my head, those are just the things I'm looking forward to. That's so great. Thank you. So Michael, you know, there's a there's a lot that you could focus on. You know, what as you look forward this year, what are you planning to focus on in your role as chairman? So I, I did touch on four points during the World Conference. And, and the first is, is something the CMA has been focusing on for past couple, the past couple of years, and that's diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So this is something that I think the I think it's going to be a long journey. I don't think it's there's a, an easy fix for where we are now and where we need to be. Um, but I think there are some pragmatic things that are being done. I think that survey, uh, benchmarking survey, uh, is something that I would encourage everyone to participate in. I think that data is going to be helpful to us um, as an organization association, but also it's helpful to you as a club and where you stand kind of nationally. So I encourage everybody to participate in, in, in that survey to help us get data. Um, I also think the initiative by the CMAA to add DEI to all the business management in institute curriculum curriculum is extremely important because again, you never know what's going to come out with great conversation. You never know what good things are going to come out of that. And, and I think also all of the national committees have added DEI. Uh, and again, at the May committee weekend, I'm looking forward to hearing some ideas come out of come out of that time. But this is this is something that the world is changing, and I think that, that clubs need to embrace DEI and um, embrace it and be pragmatic about it. So that, that would be the first thing. I think the second thing is the uh, the issue with uh, recruiting and retaining mid-management uh, staff. We're going to we are putting together a put together a mid-management task force, and the purpose of that is to brainstorm ideas and present ideas to the board on what we can do to improve that relationship and to get people to stay in, in our in our business. So that to me is important. I think the, the other thing is is to ensure that we have the uh, advisors from universities to embrace the CMAA, because I'm not sure that we're all there, and I think we have a lot of work to do when it comes to that. Yesterday, uh, Bellmead Country Club had uh, Belmont University hospitality students here. There were about 23, and it was amazing to me how many folks didn't know about clubs, but we rolled out the red carpet for them. <laughs> we had a, wonderful, uh, had a wonderful experience, I think, for them to to listen to kind of the journey for our director of food and beverage, our wellness director, um, 
our executive chef, um, our club controller, just talking about what they do and just essentially how they got started in this business. And to me, I wanted to make sure it was an eye-opening experience uh, for them about, oh, I didn't know that there was an HR department in clubs. Oh, there's a communication director, that sort of thing, just to really open their eyes. And if we can convert a couple of those folks who would have gone to another industry into the club industry, then mission accomplished. I think working with the universities to improve that relationship. Uh, the third is uh, continue collaborating with the National Club Association. So I know Jeff Morgan and I are attending the National uh, Club Association Conference in, uh, in May. And one of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, meeting with the soon-to-be president and uh, also the president's CEO. Uh, and we're just going to continue the conversation about how we can further collaborate. There was a, uh, there's a governance document that we're working on right now, uh, with the CMA and the NCA, that hopefully will be released in the fall. And that is the collaboration with both organizations. So there's lots of opportunities to continue that, and we want to make sure that it stays in the forefront. And then lastly, the strategic plan uh, for the CMAA was updated in 2019, and then the world changed. And so the, 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 the goal for the, for the uh, not only committee weekends, but also for the summer board conference is to revisit the strategic plan, to talk about where we were and where we're going, and probably tweak that to make it uh, relevant to where the world is today. So those are those are the four things that I think we're concentrating on. There's lots of other things. There's probably going to be another sub but I'll talk about that later, probably in the article in the fall. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. A lot of good people moving us in the right direction. Well, I know we uh, are so excited for your leadership, and all of those are outstanding. Um, goals and certainly beacons to help move the association forward and embrace the change that's happening around us and, and we can be leaders as well. So thank you so much for your thoughtfulness on what you're looking to accomplish this year. You're here. It takes a village. <laughs> it sure does. Sure does. So now we're going to transition a little bit and get to know uh, the man behind the chairman. Um, and ask you a couple questions about who you are. We want to get to know you uh, as as your full holistic self. So we talked a little bit about your trajectory and your career, which is amazing, but we really want to know where you've messed up. So what has uh, has been one of your biggest mistakes in the workplace? And what have you learned from it? We'll add a positive spin on the end of that. All right. Well, let me count the ways. <laughs> no, uh, so I had mentioned this to, to Melissa. She came to, to Bellmead in the fall, and I mentioned a story about when I worked for Marriott in flight. So again, that's catering the airlines. One of one of my jobs while I was there, I was an account man a manager for American Airlines. American Airlines was was rolling out a brand new aircraft to 767. I think they're still around today. Airlines are very specific about, well, you, everybody knows those little trolleys that go down the aisle that they serve drinks from and trash cans and that sort of thing. Well, every cup, plate, 
entree, whatever, whatever it is, goes into a specific place on the plane. So it goes in a specific place in the trolley and a specific place on, on, the, on the plane. So on the day that, that, that the inaugural flight of that 760, the American Airlines 767, the gentleman who worked at Marriott In-Flight, who was putting all this together, who had crammed and studied and knew where everything goes, called in sick. So instead of him putting everything together, I put everything together. So I have papers and manuals spreading out. One of the things you never want to do as a vendor who operates with the airlines is delay a flight. It is thousands of dollars per minute that you delay a flight. So you never want to do that. So I was taking my time to make sure everything got in the right place, right place, and then I was studying the sheet to make sure it got on the got on the right place in the plane. By the time I got out to the plane to load it on the plane, it was already 15 minutes late. So it was delayed 15 minutes. So count the dollars. I then was concentrating on making sure that all those trolleys got into the right place and the cups got in the right place and all that stuff, which was another mistake. So at the end of the day, it was a 30 minute delay. I remember looking through and seeing the folks in first class just disgusted with me <laughs> because they were, they, were, they were delayed. So what lesson did I learn out of that? What was the, what was the most, what's the big picture there? The big picture is get it on the plane, let the flight attendants take care of it, right? <laughs> but for me, as a young man, I was focused on the details and making sure it got in the right place. But that wasn't that wasn't important at that point. What was important right. to get on the plane and get out. So that was an embarrassing moment. I remember sitting there, my boss at the time berated me for about 45 minutes. It was one of those things where he had a red face and spit was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yikes, yikes. We've been there. I feel like we've all had one of those moments. So, uh, thankfully, it took about six months, but thankfully, the, the general manager uh, did come back to me and said, you know, Michael, I was, I was kind of hesitant about you, but you're doing a good job. I got past that, but the lesson that I learned is you better look at the big picture first because that's the most important thing, and then deal with, deal with the details. So, do you want to go on? I could tell a million of those stories, but we're only going to do that's, one. Only that's one. fabulous. We can we can share your contact info if people want to get more of uh, life lessons from Michael Seabrook. Um, that's that's tremendous, and I think for folks like you. Um, the kind of leader you are, you are looking at the details. We know you're meticulous, Mike, from your early days. So um, sometimes it is hard to take that step back, but such an important lesson that what is, what is the priority here? Uh, and let's get that accomplished and, and see what else we can do after that. Well, thankfully, it was at a young age. So, you know, like, oh, let's look at the big picture here. So anyway, I the rest of my career doing that so that's good <laughs> well done well done thank you for sharing michael sure I love that story. I really do. And when we visited with you, Michael, you put us all on the spot um, and we had to share our stories. So um, I, I love that authenticity about it. 
Um, so Michael, you, you work a lot. Your club is beautiful. And I know you have a lot of programming going on. Um, so what do you do when you're not working? How are you, uh, what are you up to and what do you enjoy doing? Well, it's funny when, when people ask me what I do for a living and I say, well, I'm a GM of a country club, they say, you must be a good golfer. <laughs> and I think every manager that's listening to this will, you know, will appreciate we never get a chance to play golf, right? We don't. Just the last thing I want to do is take a tee time from a member. So I've, I've, I've never, we have an employee day here once, once a year. And honestly, I've played, I've played on employee days. So anyway, so when I, I play golf, um, which I which I don't, most people assume that I do. On you know Mondays, for example, I will spend time with my family. Uh, we have a, our oldest daughter's second year at Auburn, so she's kind of out of the house. We see her you know in holidays and so forth. But our youngest is a senior in high school, and I would rather spend time with my wife and and daughter, and and so. Make a long story short, I don't play golf, but she's graduate. Our youngest daughter's graduating high school here shortly, and maybe I'll play a little bit. Not every Monday, but maybe I'll play just a little bit just for fun. Get to so work I'm on gonna, that game a little bit while she's uh, she's off. Yes, yes, that's that's the game plan. Um, so play play a little golf. So I think it, I love to fish, but I never fish. So that's something I'd like to definitely like to do more of. Um, I love to travel. So to me, I, anytime, so when the kids were younger, my wife and I would, would go on these wonderful trips and we'd get grandparents to watch, watch the kids while we're gone. When the, when the kids got to be a certain age, we started taking them on trips. So we had annual trips that we do, we went to some wonderful places and, uh, that's something I love to do. I love to, Think about, all right, let's go here, then I'll do the planning with, hey, let's stay at this Airbnb, and let's go to this city, let's do this. That's just fun for me. Um, so continue, to, I want to continue doing that, but I'm already, when, I, when we've gone on a trip, I usually start planning for the next one, just because that is just, I think you learn so much when you travel, meeting different people, cultures, uh, so that that's a wonderful thing. So traveling is Love it. Um, I'm a baseball fan, St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan. Sorry, Chicago Cubs fan, all that. I'm a Cardinal fan. Um, I read the box scores every day, uh, follow all the players. Um, I've got a great picture of my daughters and I going up to Bush Stadium in St. Louis, uh, staying at the Missouri Athletic Club uh, with Wally Smith uh, hosting us, which is absolutely wonderful, but going to a game and to me, that's a lifetime of memories, and uh, you know, I, the girls as as, they, as they've grown up, I would say, who wins the pennant? And they know to answer, the Cardinals win the pennant. So, <laughs> so they You've taught they, them they, well. Definitely taught them well. But we would go to games, and I would say, okay, what's the count? So they would have to learn what the, the count was, and said, all right. Guys on first, should he try to steal? What do you think? To so just get him engaged with it, with the game. So hopefully we've made baseball fans put them football state. So those sort of things, you know, I I enjoy I enjoy 
all of the wonderful colleagues that I've met over the years. Um, obviously, have some dear friends that we vacation with. Brian and Ann Crow, for example, we vacation with them all the time. Um, so just, just really, just relaxing. People, it, it's funny. People, when I see members outside of the club, and I'm not in a suit, they're like they don't even recognize me because they assume I sleep in a suit. And I know many of you are like are like that. But the first thing I do is I put a sweatshirt on when I get home just to be comfortable. And most people wouldn't uh, wouldn't understand that. But just to just to relax, to be with family to be with friends, travel, fish, golf, and that sort of thing, and relax. We all work hard. We do, and I I have been on the other side when we've had some kind of call where you and I have needed to be somewhere, and you were really good about saying, I'm going to be on the beach, so I will not be on that conference call. So I appreciate uh, when leaders can actually draw the line and take some time for themselves and work on that uh, work-life integration. So, well done in that regard, too. Well, I do remember that. I do remember that call. Thank <laughs> you so, for being understanding. But the, I've been on others, so I, I have called in for my, for my in-laws. They have a place, they have a cabin in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia, that we go down to spend time. But I remember being in there lost. <laughs> Make sure we could, I could hear the, hear the call. But yes, I hear you. It's important. Very it important. is. It is. Well, thank you for all of your uh, your sharing, your vulnerability with us, and giving us a little bit of insight into who you are uh, beyond the suit. <laughs> and giving us a new nickname for you. So uh, look look for that That's to come up. That's true. <laughs> I think so. We've got that now. Well, maybe I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hold you to it now, meticulous Mike. Listen, they, they, the cooks, when I say they hated me, they hated me because they were, the place were piping hot. But I want to get everything off there, you know what I mean? But it's a never ending cycle. Anyway, mm -hmm. you can forget that if you want. <laughs> Not at all. That's, a, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's a key for posterity. So. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I know we'll have lots of other opportunities for you to, to connect and share with our members. Obviously, our uh, you can read more from Michael in Club Management Magazine each edition, um, as well as our other communications. All right. So that was a great conversation. Um, as I said, lots of good takeaways. I really liked his nickname, Meticulous Mike. And as Melissa just said, we should evolve his name to Meticulous Michael. But I think that um, that should stick for the remainder of his chairman year. So anybody gets any ideas and listen to this podcast? You have my permission to, to use that name <laughs> since he shared it with us. Um, <laughs> but great time and really looking forward to a year with Mr. Seabrook at the helm. I think we are in very good hands as as always. So um, as, as we all know, the spring is, you know, a time of growth and <laughs> the same is true here at CMA. We got all sorts of stuff going on per usual. Um, 
but we wanted to run through a couple couple things with you before we sign off for this episode. Um, the first of which is chatting a little bit about CMA's new offering, the Verified Internship Program. Now we announced this at World Conference. We had a ton of questions, a lot of really great interest in what the Verified Internship Program is going to be when we were on site. And so now we're really happy to be able to share a little bit more about what that looks like. Um, you know, we we hear a lot from our student members that you know, internships across the club industry, while wonderful and a great way for them to get their foot in the door um, in this hospitality, in, in this corner of the hospitality world, um, you know, being able to compare internship to internship club to club can be a little bit difficult. Um, you know, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get until you're there. And, and that can be really great. And in some ways, maybe that wasn't what you were looking for. And then you've spent your whole summer doing something that maybe wasn't the right fit. What the CMAA uh, Verified Internship Program hopes to do is to provide, you know, this streamlined club internship offering where clubs submit their you know, their internship programs to us, we review them and if they meet with our standards and you can check those out online, um, they will receive that verification saying that CMA grants this program its stamp of approval. And hopefully that means, you know, that our, our student members will feel um, as though they're, you know, they're going to get a bang for their buck. They're really going to get a valuable experience out of, you know, their summer or semester, whatever their their internship time period might be. Um, you know, we have almost 40 student chapters across the country, and that's a really broad wealth of interest in this industry that we want to make sure sticks around. Um, and we're hopeful that this internship program can really help um, you know, help us expand our engagement and investment and outreach with those student members, as well as our, you know, professional members at, at, at the club. So um, if you are curious about the Verified Internship Program, if your club has an internship program that you would like to have stamped and approved by us here at CMAA, please head over to our website, Right now it's living on the homepage. It's very easy to find. You can find more information about that verified internship program there or check out the latest edition of Outlook, you know, your newsletter that you get in your email that you definitely read all the time. Uh, there's a link in there as well to more information. Um, or you can feel free to contact us here at CMAHQ um, and we're happy to uh, answer any questions that you might have about this program, but we're really excited about it. And and big shout out to our student development task force um, that has kind of helped put this together over the last several years. So um, that's the verified internship program. We're, we're thrilled about it. And you can probably expect to hear more about it in the coming months from us here on the podcast. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a big spring. Uh, we've got a lot of things coming up. So uh, first off, uh, we just unveiled the slate of the club leadership summits for this year. If you're not familiar, these are one-day summits, which help enhance your partnership with your club's elected leader. So it brings you together as a club management professional with a member of your board, your president, your president-elect, or, you know, bring a couple. And the day is really designed around cooperative education and engagement on club governance, best practices, and trends. So you're going to talk about governance, you're going to talk about finance, you're going to talk about trends, 
And new this year, they've added club legislation. So you can hear directly from Joe Trager with the National Club Association as well. These are brought to you uh, together with our partners, Kaplan, Keebler, and Wallace. And the first one is coming up in May. Um, on May 22nd um, at the lovely Chicago Club in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, then in June on the 26th, we'll have a virtu virtual offering. So this is, you can attend from anywhere around the country. Um, and then later this year in September on the 6th, we'll be at the Chevy Chase Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland. That's right outside Washington, D.C. So add those to your list, make governance a priority, and make sure that you're working on enhancing that partnership with your board of directors. Absolutely. You can learn um, more at cma.org. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I was just going to add to that, you know, uh, to, to definitely stay tuned to what we have upcoming in the way of these smaller summit events. Um, Melissa and I have just, we're just now starting to work on some marketing plans for some upcoming events, but there are definitely a lot of things coming down the pike for the remainder of the year. Um, the summits are a great way to kind of get that short and sweet niche education around an area that you're really looking to beef up your own knowledge in. And we have some really cool things on the horizon um, for the remainder of the year. Um, I'm not going to divulge too much now, but we'll give you that little teaser that there are more summits coming and they are diverse in their offerings. So stay tuned for more information um, over the coming weeks and months about that. Uh, I wanted to make another point to remind everyone listening that right now we are accepting nominations for those interested in running for our CMA National Board of Directors. Um, you can find all of the information on how to submit those nominations, what is necessary to include. Um, again, on our website, if you head to the homepage, it's currently right on the homepage, very easy to find. Um, but you know, we're, we're taking those nominations and we will be accepting them through the end of May. So nominations close May 31st. And then after that, all required candidate documentation will be due by June 30th. So just a couple months to go on that one. But if you or someone you know uh, would maybe be a great fit for our national board, we highly encourage you to submit those nominations. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. Currently, you know, we have a great board right now. We're really excited about the direction that CMA is going. And if you want to be part of that, that work and that leadership, by all means, please tell us that you're interested. <laughs> um, like I said, you can find that information on our homepage at cmaa.org. Is that everything? I or think we that have wraps, something else. <laughs> I think that wraps us up for this edition, but more editions coming your way very soon. So Indeed. thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you uh, later soon. this month. Soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Take care. The Let's Talk the Management podcast is a podcast of the Club Management Association of America. Since 1927, CMAA has been the largest professional association for managers of membership clubs throughout the U.S. and internationally.
The objectives of the association are to promote relationships between club management professionals and other similar professions, to encourage the education and advancement of members, and to provide the resources needed for efficient and successful club operations. Under the covenants of professionalism, education, leadership, and community, CMAA continues to extend its reach as the leader in the club management practice. CMAA is headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, with more than 40 professional chapters and more than 40 student chapters and colonies. Please learn more at www.cmaa.org org.